You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Thank you so much. Would you please take your Bibles and go to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Those of you that don't know where Revelation is, that's right in front of the book of Concordance. Amen. If you get to Concordance, you went too far. Aren't you glad for your pastor? Amen. You have you have a wonderful pastor. I, I mean that. I it reminds me of the story. You know, I saw your pastor shaking hands, Mrs. Cobernat. By the way, Miss Cobernat, I have something for your children after uh, service. Remind me of that, will you? Because I'll forget. Uh, but the pastor was shaking hands, not your pastor, but another pastor. And folks were coming through the line, and this sweet little old lady, and, and God bless, I, we call them at our church, we call them seasoned saints. Not senior saints, seasoned saints. Now, one of our senior saints calls them the Q-tips. Now, I wouldn't call them that, amen. But uh, So this sweet little senior, senior saint came through, and she said, Oh, pastor, she said, you're a model preacher. You're a model preacher. Oh, well... You know, pastors can get proud sometimes too, especially when they get home and start talking to their wives. And uh, so he went home. He said, did you hear what Mrs. So-and-so said to me? Said She said, I was a model preacher. And of course, the Mrs. Coburnett, I know you'd never do this, but my wife's not here, so I can. my wife would have rolled her eyes, amen? And uh, so next week, same thing happened. You're a model preacher. Did you hear what Mrs. So-and-so said? I'm a model preacher, sweetheart. And uh, finally, the third week, she said it. He came home, said it to his wife. Did you hear what Miss So-and-so said? I was a model preacher. And she had the dictionary open. And she said, model, small imitation of the real thing. <laughs> now, aren't you glad you don't have a model preacher? You've got a wonderful preacher. Amen. And I understand. I understand. I'll, I'll take a... He, he said I could have a little liberty, and if they cut my mic off, I'll know. Uh, but uh, I understand next year they're going to be, Mr. and Ms. Coburnett are going to be, cel- Pastor Ms. Coburnett be celebrating 10 years here. You know, 10 years is a nice time to do something for your pastor, and all God's people said, okay, just checking, making sure the mic's working, amen. Would you stand with me, Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2. I have a, a strange title. It, it won't seem strange when I'm done, but uh, the title of my message tonight is The Dangers of a Good Church. The Dangers of a Good Church. And by the way, I loved that song. I don't know where those dear folks went. I loved that song. If you can't preach after that, you need to turn in your ordination certificate. Amen. That was awesome. Just wonderful. Uh, praise the Lord. And the, song, the special this morning, my dear brother, that was wonderful. I, 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 I never try to get on my phone while I'm in service, but I said, I got to look that up quick because I'll forget it. Amen. But just such a blessing. Amen. I'm a winner either way. I'm a winner either way. Revelation 2, 1 through 7. You know this passage. I know you do. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Boy, that sounds like a good church. That's a good church right there. 
Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Father, we ask that you would please bless your word as it goes forth. Take this simple message, make it one message for many hearts tonight. May decisions be made tonight that will affect eternity. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The dangers of a good church. I know what you're thinking. Say, Pastor, certainly that title can't be right. Certainly you meant to say the dangers of a bad church, right? No, the title's correct. Now, as anyone who knows me knows that I would never recommend that a believer attend a bad church, sitting under the wrong kind of preaching. It's interesting in the Gospels, particularly in Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus deals with three different groups of people, and, and throughout the Gospels, three different times He mentions to beware of the leaven of, and then He gives three groups. And uh, let me just touch on them tonight. The first one, and uh, boy, this one doesn't win you any friends uh, nowadays, Pastor, but the first one is the leaven of the Herodians or the leaven of Herod. You know what that is? That is making everything spiritual political. Like I said, yeah, this, this went over like a screen door on a submarine at my church when I preached it, amen? Because people want to make everything political. Listen, I like what Adrian Rogers said. He said, we need to be free to tell the Republicans and the Democrats and the Independents to repent and get right with God, amen? And so not locking ourselves in. By the way, I understand the, the political divide. I understand that one particular party has absolutely gone off the deep end and all God's people said, amen? I understand that, but uh, listen, this book transcends political parties. You know where, listen, you know where unsaved conservatives go? They go to hell. That's where they go, amen? And uh, so uh, the, there's the leaven of Herod there. But then there's also the leaven of the, the Sadducees, amen? Remember, the Sadducees came, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. And the Sadducees were the liberals of the day. And I like what W.A. Criswell said in regards to liberalism, talking about theological liberalism, which always ends up in political liberalism. He said this, he said, because of the opprobrious epithet liberal, they call themselves moderates today. But then he said this, a skunk by any other name still stinks. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. If you don't believe the virgin birth and you don't believe the resurrection, you don't believe the miracles of Christ, you're a liberal. Amen. And so, so there's the Herod of, or the, there's the leaven of the Herodians, there's the leaven of the Sadducees, and the leaven of the Sadducees, obviously liberalism, the leaven of the Herodians is legislative. And then the last one is the, le, the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees, and that is legalism or formalism. This was all about the outside. Now listen, I pastor a church, pastor like you do, where we think you ought to, listen, we, we think it ought to be old-fashioned. I, I think folks ought to dress right, amen? I think you ought to wear your best. I, I believe in all that. But the Pharisees took it to the imp degree. 
They, they didn't care anything about the heart. And everything was about the outside. And listen, uh, Pastor, I wish I could say I'd never been like that in my life, but I know I have been. A little too focused on the outside and not enough focused on the inside. So there, there's the, you know, bad churches. The, the, each one of these three would, would, we would categorize as a bad church. You don't want a church led by Pharisees. You don't want a church led by uh, Sadducees. You don't want this leaven of the Herodians. But it brings us really into our text. And I want you to look at it with me there in Revelation. And I'll just walk through this text and then give you some simple points tonight. We'll, we'll be done right on time. Can I tell you, we learn a lot about the local church in this passage here, really particularly verses... One through five. Uh, notice with me, uh, it says there, it says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Now, we always think of an angel as a, a winged creature, amen. The Bible does say a lot about that. But here, this term is it's the word angelos. It means messenger. And boy, pastor, I tell you, once I grabbed a hold of verse one, the rest of it really convicted me. Because in essence, he is addressing the pastor of the church. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? First of all, every local church has a pastor. Supposed to have a pastor, amen? And by the way, his qualifications are laid out in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5. And what is, the pa what, what is the pastor? He's the messenger. His job, his duty, his responsibility, his privilege is to deliver the message to the people of God. Say, what's your responsibility toward the pastor? It's laid out in Hebrews 13. I appreciate uh, Brother Dan this morning in your Sunday school class hitting some of that. So there's three simple things there in Hebrews 13. The church is to remember him. Amen. The church is to remember. You know, can, can I tell you something? That some, your pastor has bills. Your pastor has worries. Your pastor has things that bother him just like you do because we're made of the same stuff that you are, amen? So to remember Him. Uh, then the Bible says a little further in Hebrews 13, verse uh, 17, that was the one Brother Dan hit this morning, he said, he, you're to obey Him and submit yourself to Him, making yourself uh, subject to His authority. Now listen, He's not God, amen? He's not a dictator, amen? You're to follow Him as He follows Christ, amen? amen. And, so, and then the last thing it says in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 24, is to salute Him. To salute him, just to remember the office. Pastor, when I got installed at Loomis Park Baptist Church, a dear man of God, Dr. Harry Carr, uh, installed me. He was the president of our Bible department at Midwestern Baptist College in Pontiac, Michigan, where I went. And he, he came up and he was, he was exhorting me. And uh, I remember one of the things he said to me, he said, you know, when your kids are small, they're going to come in your office and they're going to disturb your study and all that. And I remember he said, let them. He said, you know why? Because there will always be messages to study for and your kids will only be small ones. But then he, he admonished the congregation and he said this. He said, you know what? You can call him brother. He said, you can call him preacher. You can call him pastor. He said, but don't ever call him by his first name. And I remember being a little struck by that, Pastor. As a, as a younger preacher, I thought to myself, well, I don't know about that. But what he was saying was, have a respect for the office. Salute him, amen. So a pastor, every local church has a pastor. I like this also in verse 1. Every local church has protection. It says there, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, 
and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. What is he holding in his hand? Well, if you bump up one verse there and look at it, it says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels or the pastors, amen, of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven what? Churches. That means literally Jesus says here, hey, I've got, I've got the pastors in my hand. I walk in the midst of the church. That's a blessing to know that the Lord is amongst us. That means we have His protection. Amen. So each local church has a pastor, has protection. I like this in verse 1. We also have the pursuit or interest of Jesus. It says there that He walketh in the midst. You know what that means? He's interested. In what, listen, in what's going on in our lives, in what bothers us, in what burdens us, in, in uh, ministries that we serve in, the pursuit of Jesus. Jesus is actively pursuing us, walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So, a pastor, protection, the pursuit. How about this? The praise of Jesus, verses two and three. And we, we know these verses. He says, Look, I know thy works. By the way, he says that to every one of these seven churches. He says, I know thy works. I know, aren't you glad? Listen to me. If, you, if you're like me, if you've ever done anything for the Lord and then didn't get recognized for it and got a little, just a twinge of upset, Pastor, that somebody didn't call your name or this or that, can I tell you this? Jesus knows. And by the way, we ought not to do it for the praise of men. Uh, but sometimes, like Pastor said, it is okay to give gratitude. I, I tell my folks that, that uh, work with me and for me often, I'll say thank you, th I appreciate you so much. I think that's right to do. But sometimes uh, the preacher will forget, but the Bible says that God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, Hebrews 6.10 says. So there, there's the, the, the praise of Jesus. And by the way, this isn't flattery. This is a true evaluation of Jesus Christ, amen? But then, I love this. You know what else there is at, at every local church? There's problems. You're all looking at me like, really? At, this is what I say at our church, Pastor. I said, at, our, at Loomis Park Baptist Church, we only have two problems. Men and women. That's it. That's the only problems we have. Other than that, there's no problems. Because when you get people who are sinners, eventually you're going to have some problems. Amen? And so there's problems here. And by the way, each church had problems, Pastor. Each one of these churches, you can look it up. Revelation 2.4, Revelation 2.14, Revelation 2.20, uh, 3.2.3.15. The church of Philippi, one of the great churches. Remember what Paul had to say? Be of the same mind. You know, what he, you know what he was in essence saying? There's a little personality conflict going on. Let's settle. I was talking to your pastor today in our church uh, about, about 10 years ago. We went through a tough time. Churches sometimes have splits. And again, Brother Dan, you hit that verse this morning, Proverbs 13, 10. Only by pride cometh contention. Show me a church split and I'll show you pride somewhere. Amen. Uh, and and uh, we, we had a little bit of a tough time. And at that time, we were supporting 16 missionaries. And now we support 60 you know why? Because I was telling your pastor today, I said, do, have we had some personality conflicts? Have we had some clashes in that time? Yes, we have. But you know what we can do? We can pull them in the office and say, you know what? 60 missionaries on the field is way too important for this personality conflict. 
Let's just work it out, amen? Let's work these problems out. And whether, by the way, the problem here was diminishing love, wasn't it? That was the problem, diminishing love. And whether it's diminishing love or disunity or, or devilish pride or disputations or the wrong kind of directions or doctrine, listen, every church has problems. Sometimes we think our church is the only one with problems. No, there's only one church where there's not problems. That's the church of the firstborn that's going to meet after the rapture. Amen. We won't have any problems after that. So it has a pastor. It has protection. It has the pursuit uh, or interest of Jesus, the praise of Jesus. It has problems. By the way, here's something wonderful. When we have problems, it has a prescription. In verse 5. What's it say? It says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. Repent. Amen. And do the first works or else I'll come quickly. And the prescription's simple there. Reflect, repent, return. Reflect, repent, return. By the way, that's not just a one-time thing. If you've been saved, I've been saved, uh, this, this year will be uh, uh, 28 years, 20, 28 years uh, this coming February. I had hair down to here when I got saved. It was, it's just an incredible story. I wish I had time to tell it. I don't. But uh, 28 years ago, I trusted Christ. And you know what I've been doing ever since? I've been reflecting, repenting, and returning. Reflecting and repenting and returning. Amen. And uh, trying to stay right with God. So there's a prescription. And I love this. It, it, again, there's a promise in verse 5. There's a promise there, but it's not a happy promise. Say, what's the promise? He says, or else. Anybody ever had a dad that said, or else? <laughs> My dad sure did. Amen. And, and, and pastor, I knew it was or else when he walked into his room and he shut the door and he closed the window. That's when I knew it was or else. Amen. <laughs> The window closed. We knew there was going to be weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Oh, he says, or else, what's the promise? He says, listen, if you won't get right with God, I can padlock the door. What does he say there in verse 5? Look at it. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy what? What's the candlestick? Back to verse 20 of chapter 1. What's the candlestick? It's the church. It's the lighthouse. You know, there are churches, I, I remember, you know, I've talked to different people say, boy, it's a shame that church closed down. And of course, every pastor feels that way, preacher. I preached a message several years ago called My Worst Fear as a Pastor. What's my worst fear as a pastor? That the rapture wouldn't happen and that the church I pastor would close. That's my worst fear as a pastor. That I would be responsible for a church closing down. What, is that? what does that help me to do? helps me to go back to the prescription. Amen? What's the prescription there? Reflect, repent, return. Here's what I want to throw at you tonight. And, and again, there's so much in... Uh, I love this text. There's the church, chapter 2, verse 1. There's the Christ, chapter 2, verse 1. There's the compliments, chapter 2, uh, verse 2 and 3. And then there's the criticism in verse 4. And that's really what I want to hone in there on verse 4. If you look at it, he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Here's, here's what I want to throw at you tonight. Listen, I came in this morning, and uh, past, pastors are uh, we're watchers when we're not at our own place. And when we're at our own place, we're watching, Hey, kid, get away from the thermostat. Amen? <laughs> that's, or, you know, hey, that's, my, my big thing, oh, even with the staff, is, Hey, were you the last one in that? I've suddenly turned into my father. Amen. 
I, now, listen, I'm, I was an only child. I used to walk out of a room and my dad would say, were you the last one in there? <laughs> no, my brothers are, and then I would have got weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth and the window would have gone down, amen? No, my dad used to say, were you the last one in there? I catch myself saying that to my staff, pastor. Were you the last one in there? Yeah, well, shut off the lights, amen? Just shut off the lights. No, pastors come, to, and, and I looked around today, and you know what I saw, pastor? I saw a beehive of the right kind of activity. I, I got ready to almost pull in the wrong driveway, and there was a bus there. And a dear, dear person was driving the bus. And then I said, oh, can't do that. Better go around. And then I, I, saw, I saw the children's church workers. And tonight I saw the choir. And I said right away, and I already know your pastor, I said, this is a good church. If I lived in this area, I would belong to this church. I would be part of this church. This, this church has the right doctrine, amen? It has the right disposition. It, it has, uh, listen, opportunities for service and to, to get out into the community and all that. You know what? When I look at the church of Ephesus, I say, this, if I lived in Ephesus, I would have been a part of the First Baptist Church at Ephesus here. But I want to give you, if I could, four dangers of a good church. Ready? Number one. Love can grow cold. Number one. Being part of a good, even when you're in a good church, absolutely. Absolutely. What does it say there? Nevertheless, this good church, I have somewhat against thee. This good pastor, he said, I have somewhat against thee. Unto the messenger of the church of Ephesus, because thou hast left thy first love good friend of mine and your pastors is a dear pastor named Marty Schott. And I had the privilege for three years to work with Pastor Schott in Connecticut. And he has been the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church in New Hartford, Connecticut for 37 years. And I heard, if I heard him say this once, I heard him say it 10 times. He said, Christianity is largely a love affair of the heart. Listen. Our love for Jesus is not corporate. It's personal. Now, thank God you can be in a church that loves Jesus, that loves His Word, that loves His man. But you know what? There could be a lot of love corporately, but there can be cold people individually in this church, by the way, that are serving. How do you know that? Because I've been one of them. Yes. Absolutely, amen. And so love can grow cold. Oh, how we ought to love God. Uh, I think about this morning, I, I think about uh, the, just the, the blessings, of course, of the season of, of Thanksgiving and, and, and thinking about how much God has truly blessed us. And I think of that verse in Psalm 126, uh, verse number 3, where it says, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. We ought to love Him. But sometimes the tendency of a fire is to go out. I preached a couple Sunday nights ago, Pastor, on he looked for a city and reasons why I'm looking forward to heaven. You know, one of the reasons I'm looking forward to heaven is nothing will ever wear down or wear out anymore. And all God's seasoned saints said, Hallelujah, Amen. I think about mowers and cars and everything that has to be repaired and replaced and and now uh, I'm getting to, I'm, I'm 50, 51 uh, in here in a couple of months. And, you know, you, you, you know how old you are by the things you talk about. 
You know, you get around, you, when your kids, oh, you know, this basketball and that, and, and you get around people my age, you're like, well, my A1C is such and such and so and so, and, and this old hip joint, I'm probably going to have to get that free replaced. <laughs> you know what? Again, if you've ever burned wood, and, and now's the time of year our, out our way, we, we, last week we got about four inches of snow, and that's all melted by now, and it'll, it'll come back plenty of times over, but... Uh, our neighbor always has cordwood burning, and you know what? Listen, if you're gonna keep, if you're gonna burn wood, you gotta keep throwing more wood on the fire, or else it'll go out. Right. Listen to me, church family. You don't just say like, like at the wedding. I heard about that man that looked across at his wife, and and uh, he wasn't much for words. He looked at her and he said, "I love you, and if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know." You know what? That's not going to work. <laughs> Amen. And it's certainly not going to work with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to stay in love with Him. But here's what can happen in a good church. You can get busy. You can be serving. You can be in ministry. You can be helping here. You can be getting the gospel out in the community. And your love for Him can grow cold. See, when I got saved, it was really its just such a an amazing story that the testimony it's it's one of those testimonies pastor you know and I, I i try to tell people listen my my children got saved young and i wish i could have got saved young i was 23 when i got saved but it was a one of those testimonies that a whole local church saw it happen and saw the changes and saw and literally you know i had hair down to here and then all of a sudden, one day, I said to the pastor, it's probably about nine months I had long hair. Matter of fact, I'll never forget, we used to have prayer up on the altar, and I forgot. I used to just wear my hair like this, but I had a big horsetail back here. And uh, I forgot one of those thingies. I don't know what you like, the, the, the rubber bands. And so here I am for men's prayer meeting, pastor, and we're all up on the platform, and everybody's got their head down. My... And so it's all bo boys and men, and there's just one boy, I'll never forget, Mike Avalon. He says, Dad. I said to the pastor one Sunday, not long after Pastor Tharp, and I said, Pastor, I said, I'm coming back tonight, but I'm coming back different. I said, coming back different. He said, he, he just thought, he, you know, any pastor, when you say, I'm coming back for Sunday night service, we go, yes, amen. I don't really care whether you're going to be different or not, as long as you're going to be here, amen. <laughs> and and I, I went out that afternoon, and I went to a, a place, and I said, ma'am, I said, I'd like, to get, I'd like to get a haircut. I'd like to get my hair cut nice and short. And uh, she, she, she began to hold my hair. And if, uh, Samson and Delilah, I know, folks, amen. She began to hold my hair, and she said, Are you sure? Your hair's beautiful. <laughs> and I said, Yes, ma'am. And I'll never forget when she took those shears and went, Shoot, and it just went, and spilled all over. And I came back that night, had a, had a fundamental haircut, amen. And I sat there in the pew, and there's this one little girl. She's about eight years old. She looked back. She loved me and my wife. We didn't have any kids then. She, she looked back. She said, and then it was and then a boop, boop, boop. you know how that goes pastor like 18 heads back I'm like you know hallelujah you know what happened here's what happened I began to fall in love with Jesus on the inside and it affected the outside that's Christianity that's, that's the stuff you can't explain to people amen so number one your love can grow cold number two 
So important. Lesser concerns take priority. Number one, love can grow cold. Number two, lesser concerns can take priority. What do you mean, Pastor? What is the first and great commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Okay? That's number one. So we've already established the fact that in this text, this church, this pastor, their love got a little bit cold. So you know what you do when your love gets cold? You say, well, I'm serving. I mean, I'm still teaching my class. I'm still running my bus route. I'm still greeting. I'm st you just fill in the blank. That, they're going back to verses 2 and 3. Hey, uh, listen, I, I'm laboring. I, I'm trying to be patient. I'm, I can't bear them that are evil. I mean, that, that's us. Amen. That's our kind of church right there. We, we can't, the, the, this idea of evil coming and invading the church, we're not going to have that. Amen. We're not going to take that kind of doctrine. And we go, and these lesser things take priority. By the way, these lesser things aren't bad. They're just lesser. I go back and I remember a precious family. Precious family in the church. Nobody knows them. They used to, pastor, they used to get up early. They, they had one of those, uh, you know, four or five kid families. Like, do, 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 do. You know, when you, the, the, one of those little things you open up and then another one pops out, amen. That's, that's just what they look like, do, 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 you know. And, you know, always with the beautiful dresses and the suits and all that. They're, forgive me, they're the kind of church that walk in and the pastor goes, oh, amen, <laughs> you know, this new family coming. And they were running, they were running a bus route past. And, they, and, and we had to get up early to get out there on the bus routes. And, and we, would, we would knock doors early and get the kids all gathered into one spot. And they had this wonderful area that they, they worked in. And it wasn't long before he said to our pastor, he said, Pastor, I just... I just we can't do that anymore. We just we just can't do that anymore. And like any pastor, our, our pastor said, you know, well, you gotta you gotta think about that. You gotta pray about that. It's it's never a good idea to give up a ministry, you know. And uh, sure enough, uh, they they gave that up, and then and they stopped coming on Wednesday nights. And they stopped coming on Sunday nights. And then they, he said, Pastor, he said, we'll, we'll never not come on Sunday morning. Well, folks, you know what happened. Lesser things took over. And the love was already growing cold. It grew ice cold. They ended up getting a divorce. Just, it's, it's a, such a sad story. What, what's, what's the idea there? Listen, set your affection on things above. Not on things of the earth. If you're in a good church, th listen, thank God for a good church. Amen. Amen. But beware, because lesser things can crowd out the most important thing. You know, Jesus Christ isn't supposed to just be present and prominent. He's supposed to be preeminent in our lives. That in all things, He might have the preeminence. Even in my church worship? Yes, absolutely. So, lesser concerns take priority. Love can grow cold. Boy, here's an interesting one. Life can be wasted. Life can be wasted. Verse 5, how do we know it's, it's, it's wasted? Verse 5, we're told to repent. That means you're wrong for however long you're wrong until you repent. Correct? Remember the story of the prodigal son? 
Okay, it's again, it's, it's a story, it's a parable, it's, it's meant to get something across. By the way, interesting to read that parable, you ought to read verse 3, it's the key to the entire parable. It tells you who he's talking to, the scribes and the Pharisees, who were at the end the elder brother with his arms folded. It's just an incredible passage of Scripture. But you remember the prodigal went off into the far country and he wasted his substance with riotous living ended up feeding swine in the hog pen, on his back, finally realizes, what a, this is stupid, what am I doing? He came to himself, and he, he said, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to tell my father I'm going to be his servant. He came back, his father received them. You know what he could never get back? Time. He got restored. Glory to God for everybody that gets restored. But everybody that gets restored looks back and say, I wasted that period of time. It was an absolute waste. You know, loveless service is always a waste. Now listen, I'm thankful, Pastor, for everybody that serves out of duty. I really am, because I think sometimes duty is how we show love. I'm, listen, I'm going to love God more than what I feel. and what I, But listen, if you want a reward at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says if we do it without charity, Paul said, I'm nothing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, so life can be wasted. Why? What do you mean? We want to give a good account to the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. Is that right? That, that's, that, is, that is the purpose of our lives, to, to give a good account to God. And if we, if we have this loveless service, we'll waste a period of time. You know what Jesus said? He said, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. There'll be a day where we won't be able to do anything for the Lord. So let's do it now in love. So life can be wasted. Lesser concerns can take priority. Love can grow cold. I already hit on this, so I'll I'll not not linger long. But the light can go out. Verse 5, the light can go out. Your community would be less without Victory Baptist Church. Yes, it would. You know what else would be less? Missionaries that you support on the field. Years ago, Pastor, when I came to Loomis Park Baptist Church, the first missions conference I did, our theme was, we, we don't do a church theme, we, we do a missions conference theme every year, and our first theme was keeping the home fires burning. An old slogan from World War II. And it was the idea, listen, we, we've, got a, we've, got, we've got our boys are on the shores, we've got to make sure the factories are humming, we've got to make sure the bullets are being produced and all that. And I remember thinking about that in regards to the local church. Listen, we've got missionaries on the field that are depending on us. We need to keep the home fires burning here. We, the light that shines farthest shines brightest at home. But what can happen? According to verse 5, that light, that candlelight service you're going to have, Pastor, you know what? You could just take your fingers and that light could go out. That doesn't happen at a bad church. It actually happens at a good church. A good church, the kind of church we would belong to. So love can grow cold. Lesser concerns take priority. Life can be wasted. The light can go out. So, again, what's our application? Our application is simple. We we already gave it. It's in verse 5. Remember. Remember. You know what that means? Examine your life. Examine your heart. Examine your love. Where is it? Where is it right now? Has it ever been warmer toward the Lord? If it has, listen, 
not only remember examination, but repent. To repent means to admit you're wrong. To admit you're wrong. You know, fellas, we're, we're not that good at this. Any, anybody ever you remember when we used to have maps? When, when us guys never got lost and all God's men said, yeah, amen. You going to the gas station? Only to get gas. And then you say to the guy, hey, where's this? Amen. I'm not lost, but if I was, would you tell me how to get somewhere? <laughs> we Listen, in our spirit, we hate repenting. We hate repenting. Our flesh hates to repent because it means to admit that we're wrong. But you know what? If your love's grown cold, you've got to admit it. You've got to admit it. By the way, the man that'll admit that to his wife will save his marriage. Amen. Say, listen, I, I haven't been, I haven't been treating you like I should be. I haven't been, I haven't been treating you like Christ treats the church. Amen. So repent, not only remember, that's examination. Repent means to admit wrong. And then repeat. Just get back to doing the first works. You know what the first works are? They're when you fell in love with Jesus and just couldn't wait to serve him in some way, shape, or form because you loved him. Not because you had to. My son Eric's here tonight. He's a blessing. He's 14 years old. He wears a size 14 shoe. I told him, once you hit 15, son, you're buying your own shoes. That's it. Amen. Can't find these things. Got a special order of them. Amen. He's a blessing. He, he really is. He's a fine young man. He's growing up and just um, seems like yesterday he was just a little guy. But you know what? He, Pastor, you, you got your, your children are there. Girls, you know this. You have to go to church because your daddy's the pastor. But you know what? There'll come a day when you get to decide. And then we get to. You know, after I got saved, I just couldn't believe that God would allow somebody like me and all the sin that I've been through, all the, the Ephesians 5.11 stuff that it's a shame even to speak of, that He would let me do anything for Him. I was, a, I was a heavy metal drummer. I'll never forget when Pastor Tharp asked me, he said, we're doing a patriotic thing. He said, would you play the snare drum for us? I said, yes, sir. Just the snare drum, though. I wouldn't, <laughs> nothing else, amen? I couldn't believe that he would want me to do that and be part of a service. I couldn't believe that he'd ask me to be an Awana leader all those years ago. Hey, we got a Sunday school class. We, we don't have a classroom. We're going to meet on the bus. I couldn't believe that. You know what, I just, I love Jesus and I wanted to serve Him. See, that's the way it's spoke. That's the first works. That's the first works. When you served Him because you loved Him. Not because you have to. Because you get to. The dangers of a good church. What are the dangers? Love can grow cold. Lesser concerns can take priority. Life can be wasted and the light can go out. What can we do? It requires consideration. To, re to remember, to repent, and to repeat those first words. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.